Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, it's James here with your extra special episode of the Eurotrip podcast for this week. Uh, First of all, hopefully you enjoyed your usual episode of the podcast uh, on Wednesday when we brought you Rewind 2003, uh, thanks to all of Rob's hard work looking into the archives and uncovering some gems of some stories that hopefully you haven't heard anywhere else before. And don't worry, we've still got a few more of those brand new episodes to come over the next few weeks. We are working away hard in the background to bring you some brand new episodes. But in the meantime, to tide you over to every single Wednesday, we are bringing you Rewind Revisited, where we head back into our own archives to bring you an episode each Friday from Series 1 that we did last year. Maybe you are a brand new listener to the podcast, or you just want to listen back to the episodes we brought you last year. So far, what have we brought you on Fridays for Rewind Revisited? Easy for me to say. Uh, We've done 1993 and 1980. Well, this week, we are going to 2016. Yes, probably one of everybody's favourite editions of the contest, and for good reason. Well, uh, back in 2022, so last autumn, we brought you Rewind 2016 and brought you so many amazing stories and brought you so many amazing conversations that we had. So we're going to bring you it this week to listen to again, or as I say, if you're a brand new listener, to listen for the very first time. So you're going to hear from some great names, I should say. Uh, Krista Bjorkman, who was the executive producer for that contest, and don't forget is making his comeback 
to Eurovision uh, for Malmö 2024. Uh, we get to hear from one of the hosts, Petra Merda. Uh, she joined us a few years ago, so we get to hear from her a little bit. We also hear from some of the artists, Jake Shakeshaft, one half of Joe and Jake, of course, Yvette uh, Mikuchian, who represented Armenia, uh, Dami Im for Australia. We also get to hear from one of her backing singers as well, Dia Norberg. She's great she's got so many great stories from behind the scenes and then edward afsillen as well he was the man or at least one of them who wrote that amazing and iconic interval act love love peace peace well then before we get to it let me just remind you you can get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts on the podcast we are online at youtube podcast on twitter instagram tiktok uh, on the email as well hello at youtubepodcast.com and as well, uh, brand new for this year, we are also on Buy Me A Coffee, uh, where you can head online to support the podcast with some of your own money. Of course, there is no obligation to do that. If you just want to tune in, listen to the podcast and tune out at the very end, that's absolutely fine. But if you'd like to support us, you can do at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Podcast. We would be thoroughly, thoroughly grateful. But let's get to it, shall we? It is time to rewind to 2016. It's the final rewind of the season. I know, sad times. But we are going out in style this week as we are heading to Stockholm and Eurovision 2016. Now, as for what was happening in the world back then, in January, astronaut Tim Peake conducted the first spacewalk by an official British astronaut stepping outside the International Space Station. I enjoy, by the way, that official here is in, like, inverted commas, which makes it sound like there have been some fake British astronauts (laughs) that have done spacewalks in the past. (laughs) Anyway, a month after the contest, so obviously the contest in May, so this is in June, you might remember, England crashed out of the European Football Championships to Iceland, much to the delight of Iceland's excited commentator. What a timely time to bring that up as we are in the middle of the the World Cup at the moment. But moving on from football to Eurovision, of course, uh, that's why we're here. And the contest was heading to Sweden for the second time in just three years. Lorene's win earlier in the decade had brought the contest to Malmö, but with Mons Elmerlöf's victory in Vienna, Sweden were hosting again, although this time it was in the capital of Stockholm. Now, we've been lucky enough to chat to the man responsible for much of Sweden's success in recent years here on the podcast. And I think you know exactly who we're talking about. It's, of course, Krista Bjorkman. Now, he told us more about what it was like organising two editions of Eurovision so close to one another we got the opportunity to actually win so close to to each other, the the years, that we could use the experience from 13 and to avoid almost every mistake in 16. And it was such a brilliant, smooth ride. And we we also, I mean, nailed, I, I think, lots of the things in the show that could be problematic when you do it for the first time. So I, 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 of course, that that's sort of one that sticks out. The next big decision, of course, would be 
who would host? Who would be the presenters? Well, on the 14th of December, it was announced that the previous year's winner, Mons, of course, would do the honours alongside the already legendary host, Petra Merda. She did so for the second time after presenting by herself back in 2013. Now, we will hear from Petra herself on being asked to host the show again in a moment. But first, here's just a taste of that duo in action back in May 2016. And when we reach the end of the show in approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion. And the reigning champion, Mons, will go back to being just Mons Selmelöv again. And do you know, do you know, Mons, what that means? Yes. I can eat carbs again! Yes! Congratulations! Woo! Woo! <laughs> I, I, I could never foresee this. It was... I, I, but the thing is, I think that proposal came quite early, earlier than um, the first time. So, I mean, Christer and Martin and Edward, has they have to speak for themselves because I don't know how the decision was made, but I think they made the decision quite early because they got in contact with me and and Mons. I don't know who was asked first, but I think that both Mons and I just screamed yes, because, you know, we just, uh, we haven't worked that much together since 2009, but, you know, we've known each other. And um, and I think he's so much fun. He's uh, he's a comedian, just as I am a singer, not. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and once we started, singing uh, oh no sorry rehearsing uh we just you know we just knew that this is going to be so much fun and i hope that that also uh went through the the the, the tv screen that people could see because i think that if you see two people having fun and then that they enjoy each other that makes everything so much easier and you kind of uh get into the same mood as they are Oh, they were such good presenters, weren't they, of Eurovision? What a dream it would be to have them back. And you won't be surprised as well when I tell you we'll hear more from them too a little bit later on. Now, the contest, of course, in 2016 was actually taking place in the Globen, which I think came as a bit of a surprise. People thought maybe the Friends Arena might have it. That's where the Melody Festival and final takes place now. But the Globen, of course, the same venue as the Eurovision Song Contest of 2000, which makes it one of the very few places, or very few venues, rather, that has hosted the contest more than once. James, 10 points if you can name another one. Oh, um, I don't know. BBC Television Centre. Oh, that probably is one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good thinking, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the Albert Hall. I think that's another one, but yeah, well done. All right. I got my Eurovision credentials back after the last few weeks. Uh, now then, on to the songs. The host nation were represented by Franz and his mid-tempo ballad, If I Were Sorry. But let's fast forward to song number 16. Yeah, Australia, of course. Back at Eurovision, or back performing at Eurovision or back competing at Eurovision, rather, for the second time. Now, of course, they had been represented by Guy Sebastian for the first time back in 2015. This year, 2016, they were represented by former X Factor Australia winner, Dami Im, with her song, Sound of Silence. Here she is performing that entry, followed by what happened when Dami told us about the performance when we spoke to her back in 2021. So I was so much more nervous for the semi-final. I don't think I've ever been 
more nervous in the performance ever before, even afterwards, ever. But that was just crazy. And then in the grand final, I was sort of more relaxed. I was like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy this. This is such a great opportunity. I didn't get to enjoy it so much in the first one, but I went really well. So I'm just going to enjoy it. And honestly, I think the audience was so enthusiastic and I could hear them roaring and cheering on, cheering me on as I got on stage. So I think I just enjoyed and just soaked up all the fun in that second, the final performance. Goes without saying, doesn't it, that we will have more on Dami and Australia when we get to the voting. That could be a sentence that we take from the 2023 contest, couldn't it? Interesting. Yeah. Rumours. Rumours. They are swirling. Uh, Next up for us, though, we are going to go to song number 25, which was a good draw for the United Kingdom. Uh, Joe and Jake were singing for the UK after winning the first edition of a new selection show, Eurovision You Decide, with their song, You're Not Alone. As you remember, I made a trip to the... Kentish Town Forum, I think it was for the for uh, for yeah the first edition of Eurovision. You decide. I remember it. I remember it well. Now Jake Shakeshaft from the duo Joe and Jake uh, gave us a really honest interview uh, back in 2021 about his experience at the contest, and you'll hear some of it shortly. But first, here are the boys performing on the night. You're not alone. went on that we went on blue peter like leading up to the show one of the guys we were working with on blue peter gave us the best advice honestly we've said it in quite a few interviews but it's genuinely true he said to us remember to remember and i thought that sounds quite strange at face value but it's genuinely true um when we went for the eurovision final the first thing we tried to do was right let's not think about this let's not think about this let's look out there look at these people focus on the cameras and all that kind of thing and remember all the experiences so we can talk about it in years to come and retain everything. It really was such an honest interview. I know you said that before we heard from Jake there. So if you do want to go and listen back, I would urge you to, because it is just the realities of what it's like to be kind of thrust into the Eurovision spotlight, arguably before you're ready, I suppose. But they, they did a good job. You know, I don't think they expected themselves, well, a year or so before that, that they'd find themselves on the Eurovision stage representing the UK in Stockholm and winning You Decide. But, uh, but they did. So well done to Joe and Jake in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do go back and listen to that. It's um, a really insightful interview from a, from a Eurovision artist. But uh, it's time for song number 26, the last song of the night. It was Armenia, Iveta Makuchian with Love Wave. One of my favourite Eurovision songs, that. Love Wave, Yvette Makuchian. And no, not for that reason, you weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a really, really good song. I think the staging is absolutely fantastic. And 
I didn't realise that that's where we were segging to, but that's a happy accident, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, it is. Speaking of the stage, and the creative design for that performance came from the now legendary stage designer, Sasha Jean-Baptiste. She staged four performances in 2016, and she's gone on to have creative control over Alini Ferreira, Cornelia Jacobs, and Luca Hannes staging at the contest. Here's what Yvette Mukuchian herself told us about Sasha. She is, I mean, she was the right person to work with. She is delivering, fem, I mean, she's feminine. She, she, she really pulls out the strong, um, sexy, hot women. She, she puts everything right together with the lights, with the motion. Every, every hand move was just scripted by her. And I'm just very grateful that I had the opportunity to work with her. And please, before we heard from Iveta there, that you only read out three of the people that <laughs> Sasha has gone on to work with, because otherwise I think we would have been here all day. And Iveta Mikuchian James, of course, one of the hosts of this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Indeed, yeah, it goes full circle, doesn't it? How nice. Uh, but that's it then for all of the 26 performances from the grand final. The voting then opened and it was time for perhaps the most iconic interval acts of all time. I think you know what we are talking about. When you think of Eurovision Interlats, maybe Riverdance used to come to mind. Maybe it still does. I think it definitely still does for a lot of the people we spoke to on our series of The Contest and Me a few months ago. But after 2016, Love, Love, Peace, Peace is surely the most well-known interval act and the most well-loved. Now, back in Turin, I managed to catch up to the Swedish TV director at the contest. He's now Sweden's commentator as well at the Eurovision Song Contest, Edward Afsillen, and he was partly responsible for that iconic performance. They're the nicest people in the world and we're friends from so long ago, both me, Petra and Mons. I count them as family, to be honest. So this, the second it was decided we could do it together, I took them to my apartment. We cooked food. Mons brought wine because he knows wine. Petra brought nothing, as, as usual. And we ate and we drank wine and we watched Eurovision clips. And we watched the clips we loved, we watched clips we didn't love. And we just together sort of... Uh, pinpointed what we wanted to do and what we wanted the 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 atmosphere and the tonality to be. It was just a wonderful night, and from that on, we just we just had fun together. I mean, what can we actually say about that? that has, that's never been said before. I mean, not a lot. Should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should, honestly. A quick, a quick word on it, though. It genuinely is the most iconic end of life of all time. I know Riverdance has gone off on to do great things, but love, love, peace, peace. Iconic. Iconic. And one of those things that, again, we always say, like, transcends the contest. Like, even if you're not a Eurovision fan, but sometimes you sort of watch Eurovision, people know about Love, Love, Peace, Peace, don't they? And the one thing that I would love to know more about, and I've never been able to ask anyone about, imagine what that must have been like backstage, just before those performers all went on stage to take part in that performance. Because one, there were so many people involved. And two, there were so many props. So how that all fitted in the Globen before it then ended up on the stage. Very impressive. So well done to all of the stage hands involved in that as well. <laughs> 
the unsung heroes. Uh, now, let's turn our attention to the voting. Now, in 2016, host broadcaster SVT helped make some changes to the voting sequence. The public and the juries would now have a separate set of points to distribute, meaning double the points were now available. The national spokespeople would now just be announcing the points from the juries, and after those points have been given out, Dami Im from Australia was sitting on top. That was so intense and so fun. Oh, not fun, but like, yeah, it was good for me because like we were getting lots of points and I honestly didn't know how it was going to go, but we kept having great points and the cameraman kept filming us because we were at the top and it was just, you know, parties and celebrations. And then um, Paul, our, our Australian delegation was like, just don't, don't get too excited. Cause you, you know, it's, it, you can come off as, you know, you don't want to upset other people, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going to happen. This is so cool. Um, and we were just really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, she obviously wasn't the only one feeling nervous by 2016. Dia Norberg had been a backing singer for 12 different Eurovision performances. And on the grand final night in 2016 in Stockholm, she provided vocals for not one country, but two, she did so for both Azerbaijan and Damien and Australia. The voice is fine because, you know, when, when I've done a Swedish Melody Festival and as a house choir, you're almost on every song and you change clothes in one minute. So Eurovision is not a, at all as stressful, but it's more of a team thing. You know, where should I sit? Should I sit with Azerbaijan in the sofa? and share with them or should I sit uh, with Australia and she's almost winning we need to sit there maybe we need to go up on stage again and you know so it's more of a stressful feeling that you can't be really exclusive to one artist so that's uh, that's the bad part of doing more. Oh great to hear Dia Norberg again on the podcast we're big fans of her aren't we Rob? Big fans of Dean Orberg, and we've mentioned Melody Festival in a lot on this episode. We'll mention it again an awful lot more in our special bonus tomorrow, and I'm sure we will probably hear from Deer again once the Melfest 2023 season kicks off. So then, to the public votes. We mentioned earlier that the jury and the public votes were now split in half, and they would be delivered separately. Here's Pedro and Mons again to explain how it would all work. We are about to present the televotes. Those are the votes from you watching at home. And you have the exact same amount of points to give out as the juries. All of your points at home from each and every country have been added together and will present them from the lowest to the highest to find out which song was your favourite. Initially, it sounds like it might be a little bit confusing, doesn't it? But now we've known it for years and years and years and we know the excitement it brings... I'm here for it. It is fantastic. I say I'm here for it. Obviously, we know it's changing a bit in 2023, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, the actual sequence of it is just great television. It keeps you on the edge of your seat, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really does. Well, after 25 of the countries had received their televotes, Ukraine were on top with 534 points, and only Russia were waiting for their points. Here's what happened when Mons delivered the final results. Thunder and lightning, it's getting exciting. The favorite, according to the televote, is Russia. But will their points be enough to pass Ukraine? 361 points. 
which is not enough to pass Ukraine. And we have a new winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 2016. It's Ukraine! What a tense end to the show. We just mentioned that it's a great piece of television, that voting sequence. And it paid off for the first year because it came right down to the wire. We didn't realise it then, but that would be the first time that we saw that like iconic split screen that you end up with, don't you, when it gets to the, the climax of the voting. And mad that the UK was part of that split screen this year, of course. But yeah, Sergei Lazarev and Jamal are on the split screen. And of course, we, we know what happened. Yeah, so that was, of course, Jamal representing Ukraine, who took their second of three Eurovision victories to date with 534 points, uh, without winning either the jury or the public vote, interestingly enough. Uh, Damien for Australia came second, Sergei Lazarev, as Rob just mentioned, for Russia came in third, then Bulgaria and Sweden came home fourth and fifth. Uh, and just to wrap up a few loose ends... Uh, uh, to a few loose ends, Yvette Makuchian for Armenia finished seventh, and then Joe and Jake for the UK finished twenty fourth out of twenty six. Now that brings to an end the final rewind of the current series. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for all of your lovely messages about it, and maybe rewind will return once more in the future. But to end, of course, this look back at Eurovision twenty sixteen, there is only one thing we can do. Let's hear the winner. It's Ukraine and Jamala with like what you're hearing make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening that one is so good isn't it really really enjoyed listening back to that one reminding myself what we did last year hopefully if you're a brand new listener you really enjoyed that one and you won't have to wait much longer for a brand new episode because of course we'll be back on Wednesday for a brand new episode of Rewind for this year and then next Friday another episode of Rewind Revisited as well. Uh, so in the meantime don't forget you can uh, you can support us if you'd like to. We are on Buy Me A Coffee so you can head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast. You can also find us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok and hello at eurotrippodcast.com on the email until Wednesday when we are back with you again don't forget you can subscribe leave us a review and rate us five stars from me James it is goodbye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.